0: Well, today I want to just wrap up what I've been talking about for the last uh, couple of Sundays, which is healing your heart uh, in this series I entitled Healing Your Heart. And we've been looking at as a text out of John chapter uh, 5, uh, verses 1 to 8. Let's read this as it continues to set the backdrop for what I want to uh, talk about this morning. And uh, for your convenience, it's on the screen. You can follow along there. Reading out of uh, John chapter 5. Uh, verses 1 to 8. And by the way, uh, some of you may have noticed, hey, where's verse 4 in that one? Well, the translators are all in, a, 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 they have a different opinion as to verse 4 uh, in the scriptures. And many don't put it in, uh, but nonetheless, here it is. After this, there was a feast of the Jews. Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool in Aramaic called Bethesda, which has five roof colonnades. In these lay a multitude of invalids, blind, lame, and paralyzed. One man was there who had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been there for a long time, he said to them, to him, do you want to be healed? The man... The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. And while I am going, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, Get up, take up your bed and walk. And at once the man was healed and he took up his bed and walked. Did you notice verse 3? And we've been focusing on this the last few Sundays. You notice verse 3. It says, There were a great many of people that were hurting. There is a multitude of hurting people that needed help. And we've been stating over the, these last few Sundays that uh based on what we just read and what we're discovering in the Bible that sadly there are a lot of hurting people all around us today. A great number of people in desperate need of a healing. And you may be one of them, or you may know someone who is in desperate need of a healing. And what we've been zeroing in on through this series is not a healing in the area of our physical body. That's cool. That's awesome. But we've been looking at a healing that is needed on the inside of us, a deep Inner healing. We've been zeroing in on the inner pain that many of us experience. If you or someone you know has been suffering through inner pain, you know what I'm talking about. And I have experienced both uh, physical pain and inner pain. And of the two... I would much rather deal with physical pain than inner pain. Thank you very much. How about you? Inner pain is hard. As a as a kid growing up, you know, there's this saying that we used to say at the playground, sticks and stones may break my bones, but wounds, they can never hurt me. Or uh, words, sorry. Words, yes, words can never hurt me. Sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. And I thought to myself as a kid, that's just not true. I can heal from sticks and stones. And as a, as a young man, I was very active and I would get hit all the time by sticks and stones. We would throw sticks and stones and play, uh, swordsman with one another and I'd get bruised, but words, man, for me anyways, they stuck, and they stuck for a long time. And unfortunately, I was raised in a home where uh, my dad would use words against me. My, my, my dad would never physically uh, uh, hurt me, but he would hurt me with his words. He was an alcoholic, and thank God, many of you know the story, but thank God, when I gave my life to Christ when I was 20, my dad checked into AA and has been sober ever since. And, yeah, and he can't, he can't, still to this day, he has a hard time comprehending how I could love him and respect him based on how he knows he treated me with the words that he said. See, but this is... That's an illustration and a story of what the love of God can do to heal the inner wounds inside of us. So I was carrying around as a kid these inner wounds uh, based on these words that were spoken to me, uh, based on the things that I saw in my own home. You know, even as we were worshiping today, um, God spoke to me about something, and now i got to wrestle with this, and I have to I have to say okay how has this affected my life and 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 I'm just going to be transparent and, and 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 say what he said but when I was in my mother's womb my dad not the dad who I just talked about but my original father who left when we were two and my mom remarried to this other fellow I was talking about but my original father when I was in my mother's womb uh, tried aborting me by uh, uh, kicking my mom in the stomach and she fell down the stairs. Can you imagine? And while we were worshiping during that last song, God spoke to me about that. And now I have to wrestle with that and say, okay, okay, what inner wounds had I been exposed to that I now need to Receive healing, over. You know, dealing with inner hurt and dealing with inner wounds is very, very real. I think we as a church, we as a people, we as neighbors, as Pastor Yvette shared, I I think we need to talk to God about what we can do to help those around us that are struggling with all these inner wounds. I, I know for myself, in dealing with uh, my own inner wounds, uh, I, I, I've, I've done it in many different ways. Uh, one of the ways... I did it, was I prayed about it. I just gave them to God. They were they were recognizable. Some of my hurts and some of my inner pains, they were recognizable, and I just gave it to God, and I said, okay, I need help. I need help. I think of this story that we just read, and that dude that was by the pool, and he was lame, he couldn't get down to the water. I often felt that way. I could identify with him because, man, I had these wounds that... I, I just couldn 't make it myself down to the pool i needed I needed a healing, and I talked to God about it, and I received the healing. but there were other wounds that I dealt with, and i 'm sure you can identify with what i 'm saying there there were other wounds that I was dealing with that um, I needed somebody to come and walk alongside of me and help me through this. I needed somebody to come and that I could talk to about it. And uh, there were many people in the church that I was connected with uh, at the time that were those people for me that helped me walk through some of my own inner struggles and my inner pain, and that was beautiful and was awesome. And then in that same church, I met my wife, and then she became that person that I could walk through life with that can help me even identify some of my inner wounds and inner pains and help me heal. You know, you think of this story and this man needed help. He he needed help. Think about it. He needed help just to get to the pool. And he needed help for someone to go and bring him into the pool when the water stirred and He needed help just to be healed. And Jesus came. I said, Jesus came. And healed him everywhere he hurt. And that's what I want you to see with this series. That Jesus is here and he can heal you everywhere you hurt. Pain is unavoidable. But staying hurt, friends, is optional pain is unavoidable but stay in hurt that is optional god can heal you everywhere you hurt it says as such in psalm 147 look at this verse 3 it says he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds if if you've lived uh, for longer than 5 minutes on earth <laughs> You have experienced inner pain, inner wounds in some way. You've been injured on the inside. Pain, we said, is unavoidable. It is. It's all around us. When, when, when you just, uh, connect with another human being, there is an opportunity for pain to come. But friends, you need to know that God heals the brokenhearted, and he binds up our wounds. See, the good news is you do not have to stay hurt. You don't have to. I didn't have to stay hurt as a young man uh, growing up. I, I, I gave my life to the Lord, as I said, when I was 20, and I really had messed up my life. I, I, I lived in an alcoholic home, and everything that came with that was present in my life. And I had to deal with that. I had to somehow figure out how to deal with it. And I was doing an extremely poor job at it as a young man. Very poor job at it. Maybe you can identify in some way, shape or form to that story. Uh, life isn't always perfect. My parents went through a divorce. Yvette's parents went through a divorce. Life isn't always perfect. And the wounds that touch us as a result of that need to be healed. Pain is unavoidable, but staying hurt, my friends, is optional. And one of our prayers with this sermon series is that you would experience firsthand the healing touch and healing power Of our Savior. That you would experience an inner healing. That would rock your world. That would change the course. And direction of your life. That you no longer have to be bound. By the pain. The inner pain. That you have struggled with. And here's the thing about. An injured heart. We're talking about how. God can heal us everywhere we're broken. How oh, He heals our heart. An injured heart can become very insecure. An injured heart can become very fragile. An injured heart can be oversensitive. An injured heart—they—we uh, can begin to overthink things. Uh, a person with an injured heart, we, we, we can become very guarded. Uh, we can begin to imagine stuff. And, uh, you know, people that have an injured heart, and I know because I've been there, my friends, is we can make a drama out of almost anything. People with an injured heart can do that. But the good news is, is God can heal your heart. God can heal you everywhere you hurt. Look at John chapter 14, verse 1. It's on the screen. Again, it says this. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. Where people are, there is potential for trouble. Essentially, what Jesus is saying here is don't let trouble trouble you. (laughs) Don't let trouble weigh down your heart. Don't let it do it. But the beauty is, Jesus didn't stop there with this verse. He goes on to say, where your ability ends, mine begins. Trust in God, trust also in me. Have you tried on your own dealing with, The trouble in your heart. Only to find yourself. Hitting a wall. Only to find yourself. Really not receiving the answer. That you need. This verse gives us hope. It says. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Jesus is speaking this. He said trust in God. Then he said trust also in me. We have. A. a, a double force on our side, in our corner. Willing, a force that is willing to help us. A force that is available to help us experience a healing in our life. If you're dealing with inner wounds and inner pains, I want you to know that God is here. You know, I think of some of... Um, Our young people—not necessarily our young people here in this church, but young people in Um, general—you know, there's this, there's an epidemic of um, amongst young girls uh, of cutting themselves. They 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 cut themselves, and it's a result, friends, of inner wounds, of inner pain. They're dealing with something on the inside, and they just don't see a way out yeah maybe it's a cry for help well we should be listening then we we need to listen to these cries for help and the good news is and we're we're going to see this in this message and we've already begun to see it that god can heal you everywhere you hurt if you or someone you know Has been cutting themselves. If you or someone you know. Has been harming yourself. I want you to hear. And they need to hear. That there is hope. God can heal you. Everywhere you hurt. Everywhere. See this verse is telling us. After we've done all we could do. After we've done our best. God can do the rest but you and i need to make a decision to trouble or trouble because pain is unavoidable but staying hurt friends that is optional and and you know the unique thing about us it's god created us listen god created us to heal God created our bodies to heal, and God created our soul, our inner person, to also heal. In Acts chapter 16, there's a story. I'm not going to read the entire story, but it's a story of two dudes. And um, they were, in fact, at the time, leaders in the church, Paul and Silas. And they were on their way out doing what the Lord asks. All of us to do, by the way. They they were out going about, walking the streets, and talking to people about Jesus. Something that hasn't changed. The ask of our Savior to us is the same as it was to Paul and Silas in Acts chapter 16. To go into all the world (laughs) and preach the gospel. And that's what they were doing, and that's what they chose to do. They they were just going about everywhere they went, telling people about Jesus. And the awesome thing about this is they did this not in the four walls of the church. And I think sometimes we, as 21st century Christians, we can we can limit the resource of God, the power of God, the strength of God to what goes on within the four walls of our church, in particular in a Sunday morning service. But that's not the way it was ever intended. It was intended for us to go beyond our fellowship, beyond our small group, and into the streets where the people are. And that's what Paul and Silas were doing. And, and, you know, if you read the story, it's a great story. Read it. Acts chapter 16. You see some awesome things start happening. Uh, you know, you, you, you see things like people started giving their lives to Christ. You see things like people were being healed. People were being set free from demonic stuff. I mean, demons were flying out of people. It was pretty freaky and pretty exciting. And how many of you would want to experience some of that? Come on. Come on. <laughs> I could use a dose or three or four of that. And exciting as this was, as the story goes, it all came to a screeching halt. Or at least in our mind, it did. In the mind of most of us, it did. They were thrown into prison simply because they dared to tell someone about Christ. Verse 23 says this. It says they were severely flogged. And, and, and we're not talking just a minor beating. But they were flogged by hardened, tough Roman soldiers. And then they were left to rot in a prison. With all their uncared for wounds. And, you know, it's not like a prison today. Sean works at a prison. Uh, You know, in this prison, you didn't get painkillers. In this prison, you didn't get gauze. In this prison, you didn't get a doctor coming and, and bandaging up your wound. No ointment was given. They were just thrown into prison into this dank, dark dungeon. But check out verse 25. Of Acts chapter 16. It's powerful. What God did. Acts 16.25. It says this. And I love their attitude. It says about midnight. Paul and Silas were praying. And singing hymns to God. And the prisoners. Were listening. To them. (laughs) They were thrown into prison. But rather than getting down in the dumps, rather than having a pity party, shouting out revenge, getting mad at God as, you know, like, man, I, I tried putting myself in their shoes, and I'm, I'm out and about telling people about Christ, and some awesome things are happening, you know, some, some some demons came out of a person, and it like freaks you out, and like, whoa, I didn't even know that could happen, and then somebody gets healed, and you go, Wow, this is so cool. Oh, this is awesome. And then all of a sudden I get thrown into prison. And I and I asked myself, how would I have handled that? <laughs> what would I have done? How about my heart? Would would I have been a person who uh raised my fist and God and said, God, after all I've done for you, this is how you treat me. Inner wounds, right? Inner wounds. Inner hurts. Inner pains. Would I have gotten mad at the church, maybe? For even sending me out? To begin with? Yeah, those pastors and... You know, man, if they wouldn't have sent me out and anointed me and, and, and said, go into all the world. If they hadn't done that, I could have just stayed at home and been comfortable and... Instead, I'm rotten here in prison. I wondered if my heart would have got a little hard. I wonder if my heart would have got a little wounded. You know, I asked myself if maybe I, I would have wanted to seek revenge upon the jailers, those who beat me. Um, that probably would have been my number one response. It's like, okay, when I get out of here... I'm gonna find out where you live. I'm gonna follow you home at night. You know, like, like, okay, I'm just being honest, right? Like all these thoughts go through your head when you, when you try to put yourself in this story. And as I was doing that, every emotion and every thought I had was, that could hurt my heart. That could really hurt my heart. And I started to see something, something called a pattern of pain. We all have this thing called a pattern of pain. It is our reflex to pain, our our reflective response to pain. What we do when pain hits us, when we're hurt on the inside, and I thought, yeah, God, that's why I need you. That's why I can't do this thing called life without you. Because my pattern of pain, uh, tends to make me insecure. Can you relate? When you're hurt on the inside, is your pattern of pain, your, your human nature, your, 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 your intuitive response, is that to become insecure? Is, or is that to seek revenge or is, or is that to be angry or, or is that to allow your heart to be weighed down in disappointment of people? Is it to, you find yourself slowly seeping into depression? I asked myself all these things and I discovered that there's a pattern of pain that all of us, um, Become privy to, really, in our lives. All of us have this thing called a pattern of pain. Our response to pain. But here's what I learned out of this story. I go, they didn't respond this way at all. <laughs> but at midnight, they broke into songs of praise. <clears throat> they prayed. They worshipped. They chose rather to be, rather than to be angry at God, I'm going to praise God. Rather than uh, go into a pity party, I'm going to praise God through it. Because friends, what's natural is for us to get angry. What's not natural is for us in the midst of it to give it over to God and just start worshiping him him through it. It may sound easy. It certainly is counterintuitive. It really is. It, it, It may sound strange to you. But if we want to break the patterns of pain in our life, we need to do those things that may seem strange to us, (laughs) that may appear to be counterintuitive. goes against the grain of how we've always done things, how we've always reacted to pain in our lives. Friends, we need to be willing as Christians, and that's the beauty of... The Christian life is we don't have to do this thing called life alone. The beauty of the Christian life is that we don't have to deal with the pain of life all alone. The beauty of the Christian life is we have a God who is there for us to help us trouble or trouble. Who heals the broken hearted, as the Bible says, and bandages up our wounds. See, when pain comes, some of us, we shut down emotionally, right? And when we do that, for those of us that shut down emotionally, we know that it begins a domino effect in our lives. And it just piles more hurt upon more hurt. Don't we see this in marriage? When in our own marriage, we get hurt on the inside. And what do hurting people tend to do, that react out of our human nature, is hurting people tend to hurt people. So in our marriage, we have a hurting person that hurts us, and then we just hurt back. It's human nature. We want to fight back. It's a pattern of pain. Another pattern of pain is when we're hurt, we could become vindictive. But we know that doesn't bring healing into our lives. It just piles on more hurt. Another pattern of pain is we tend to shut ourselves up from others. But we know this also doesn't bring healing. It just piles more pain, again, on top of more pain. We need to break these intuitive patterns by becoming counterintuitive friends. Just like this story. When Paul and Silas were thrown into prison, they chose to worship. I want to ask the team to come. Here's the beauty, going back to our story in in John 5, with this dude who was by the pool. Healing came. Back to Paul and Silas, after midnight is when healing came. Are you at your midnight in your pain? Are you at your midnight with your struggle? When your pain is at its zenith, this is what creates an opportunity for God to work supernaturally in our pain. Friends, this is what I call hands up when our heart is down. Forgiveness when we want to strike back. Somehow seeing the good in the struggle. What does the Bible tell us in Joel chapter 3, verse 10? It says this on the screen. Let the weak say, I am strong. This is counterintuitive. This goes against our human nature. But friends, God wants to break that pattern of pain in our life. And He wants to begin to build into our lives a pattern of healing. That would begin to say the opposite of how we're feeling. That would begin to react opposite to our human nature. But the weak say, I am strong. Look at John, uh, 1st John chapter 4 verse 4. It says, you are of God little children and have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. These are counterintuitive steps that bring about healing. Our lives from the scars that are occurring all around us. The Bible says that we, I'm, I'm being a broken record with this, but in Psalm 147, 3, it says, God heals the broken, hardened, and binds up their wounds. Romans chapter 12 verse 15 says this, says we're to rejoice with those who rejoice and to weep with those who weep. That means we're there for one another. We help people out. If we have friends that are cutting we're we're weeping with them. We're walking alongside of them. We're helping them. If we have friends that have some deep inner wounds we're there with one another. Cause it says in James chapter 5 verse 16, it says, therefore confess your sins one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. That you may be healed. You notice something about everything that I'm reading? Healing comes when you and I are willing to let somebody into our life or we're willing to be that somebody who walks into somebody else's world helps them with their struggle. That's what James is talking about here. A willingness to walk into somebody else's world and help them and pray with them and witness healing unfold in their lives. Taking a brave, bold step, my friends. If you're here today and you need this touch from heaven that I'm talking about, You can relate to that first story about that dude that was down by the pool and had been dealing with what he had been dealing with. The Bible says for 38 long years, you may have been dealing with this inner pain for a long time. Friends, you need to know that healing is present. But I want you to see something else from this story in Acts chapter 16. Look at verse 26, and I'll say this in closing. It says, And suddenly, I'll I'll just read verse 25 again. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were open, and everyone's bonds were unfastened. I love that. What it says at the end of verse 25. And all the prisoners were listening. They were thrown into prison. And the prisoners witnessed Paul and Silas giving praise and honor to God. They were listening in. Imagine if they would have just been bickering and upset and down in the dumps over. What was me? Why am I rotten in prison after you know, I've chosen to walk with God and, and live my life the way God wants me to live. And this is how he treats me. It says the prisoners were listening. And then it says, suddenly there was a great earthquake. So that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were open and everyone's bonds were unfast Unfastened. unfastened. You know what happens when you and I choose to receive the healing that God has for us? These people around us, their bonds will become unfastened. In other words, the people around us who are in bondage, the people around us who are caught in this pain, this pattern of pain, they will begin to be set free. All because you and I choose to rather than walk in a pattern of pain, we're going to walk in this pattern of healing. Rather than respond the way we naturally respond to pain and hurt and when circumstances don't go our way, rather than responding the way our human nature and what comes intuitive for us, rather than responding that way, we're going to go way over here and respond out of a heart of praise and give thanks to God that we were counted worthy <laughs> to be thrown into prison for your name's sake. Thank you, God. I'm sure that's what they were where what they were singing. They were probably singing psalm, you know, the Psalms, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And they were worshiping God. And the prisoners saw and heard them, it says. They were listening. They were listening to them. And then their bonds we're supernaturally broken and that's my prayer for you today if you're here and you're hurt and you're hurting, that your bonds be supernaturally broken today you know what happened in that prison? a revival broke out a revival broke out in that prison and that's what this song is talking about it's talking about a revival breaking out in our own hearts In our own lives that begins to spill out into the community, into all of those around us, whether we find ourselves in prison or in the palace. We're choosing to break the pattern of pain, what comes natural, what is intuitive to us. Walk in a pattern of healing in our lives. So God, in Jesus' name, I pray. For every person that is here, and that is dealing with these patterns of pain in their life, I pray that today they would recognize that there is hope and that there is help in the person of Jesus Christ. I pray, God, that they, today, the light would have been turned on and that they would have seen that they had patterns of pain that led them down a wrong path. But they saw today there is a new way, a pattern of healing that is discovered in your word as we learn to walk the way you've ordained, commissioned, called us to walk and that we would do that. this pattern of healing. Help us change God. Help us deal with the pain. Help us deal with the emotions that we all struggle with. And I declare healing this morning. Those bonds broken over our lives. In Jesus' name. Maybe you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Maybe after you've heard all of this story and maybe somebody has been talking to you about it, that's why you're here came to church because you thought to yourself, said to yourself man there's got to be a better way, I, I, I want to try to get to know this God better well friends there is a way it's a simple way really it's the way of the cross, the Bible talks about it on the cross, Jesus Christ died for our sins on the cross he paid the penalty the Bible says for our sins don't get tripped up over sins it's just the things in our lives that we have done that we have, where we've messed up. A sin is another way of saying of the times we messed up. And that certainly would include all of us. Where we've messed up. But there is hope. And there is help in the person of Jesus Christ. And what I want to do is I want to lead you in a simple prayer. And if that's you, you say, yeah, I'm ready to give my life to Jesus Christ. You may not know exactly what it all means and what it what what it implies to you and that's fine I didn't at the time but I just knew I needed help I needed help. I couldn't do this thing called life alone and I needed help and if that's you I just want you to pray this simple prayer and it goes like this and you can repeat after me. Say God I come to you this morning in Jesus name. And I give my life to you. I open my heart to you. Jesus, be my Lord and Savior and help me walk through life in your strength and in your power. I pray this today, right here, right now. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I want you to know that um, you're a Christian, you're a Christian. If you could stand, and if that was you, just simply raise your hand. If, if, if you prayed that prayer, just simply raise your hand. I want to acknowledge you. We have at the Info Center, we have a booklet that we'd love to give you and help you understand the decision that you made. If that was you, just simply raise your hand. I want to acknowledge you. Thank you. Thank you. See that. Minute. Yes. God is good. God is good. God is good. As we close, we like to close in a song and if you need to split, God bless you. Thanks for coming this morning and thanks for worshiping with us. But we're, we're just going to worship for a few minutes. We have some coffee. We have some snacks out in the foyer. Um, don't forget to check out the info center if you need information. Uh, about the church. If you need prayer, please come forward and we'd love to pray with you this morning and to walk with you through uh, whatever it is that you need prayer for. God bless you. Thanks for coming.